customers. Give us a call at 805. The awesome um, but I'm super excited to know that they're there and they're changing their footprint a bit. So be on the lookout. They're starting with, um, let's see, it's Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, and, oh, I don't, maybe Wisconsin was in there. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout if anybody's looking for fast casual um, type of uh, restaurant, coffee shop type model. It is coming. I didn't see the exact date, but they already have over 300 franchises in Europe. So uh, they've been perfecting the model. Previously, they were here. They were all company-owned stores, but now they're ready to franchise here in the States. So I'm super excited. That is, that is very exciting. It's, it's exciting to see when somebody really refines it and gets it right and then comes bursting on to yeah. U.S. soil. <laughs> well, and, you and, know, I like to have a coffee shop in every corner. You just never know. So. You I always want to at home. They're great for Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's when you don't want to go to the office. You just go to the coffee shop. Exactly. Yeah. Love working at coffee shops. That same email, though, um, has some interesting information, too. We talk a lot about the worker shortage that everybody is experiencing. And Smoothie King um, ha- has a way of, of trying to retain workers that they seem to be doing pretty well with, which is interesting because – in reading through it, my middle son worked at Smoothie King during high school. No and they really do implement a lot of these strategies that they've talked about in this article. Um, I, inter- I actually interviewed the owner of one of the local Smoothie Kings for a magazine, and they are all about that brand, the health and wellness. They want young people who are working out. So one of the, one of the seven things they listed were, were finding brand champions. Yeah. And they like my, my son and his, best friend played lacrosse and they're there at these athletes who are working out and they were all about health and wellness and they knew all the order and they were cute so all the little ladies in the drive-thru would flirt with them and they always I, I had knee surgery and a lady I started talking about my son at Smoothie King and she's like is it Luke I was like how do you know that how do you know that she's like he knows I order every time he's my buddy but that's what she's they're talking about creating this loyalty through their yes. employees Luke loves Smoothie King, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, so that was one of the things that I, on this list that I saw in, in practice, and it works really, really well. Well, and you know what's funny is that was, like, the first thing the article let off with, right, and I mm-hmm. think that you know, all the other things that he had listed, and, and he he did, you know, one of the other things I'll say that goes really right along, he has seven key things, right, mm-hmm. um, but the last one on his list is really also kind of the first one, and which is, remember that it starts with you, right, and he talks about Every level, every position sets the tone, and mm-hmm. that you want when you walk into a smoothie king to just feel the vibe, right? And I think that's so true with so many brick and mortar places. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you walk in, 
and it's, it's funny, right, because a lot of companies have trained their employees to greet someone, right, when they walk in the door, right? But you can feel the difference if you walk in and people are like, hey, how are you, right? Or you walk in and they're like, hello. And it's that they're in the mid-sentence and they say, oh, hi. And then they go right next to their son just like, did they just say hello? Like, I'm not really sure what just happened here. Yeah. Well, and I think that when you walk into a smoothie or when you drive through, he's like, well, what kind of car does she drive? I'm like, I don't know. I'm in the hospital. <laughs> I didn't see her driving the car. But another one on the list is reward dedication. And another thing that they did at his location was their Christmas party was at Orange Theory Fitness every year. And they would all go wow. do a big workout together, and then she would bring in pizza and snacks and whatever. But it fit in the element of the brand. Okay, so I love that whole concept, except for my Christmas party having to have a workout. That's what I said. I'm like, if I had to go work out for a Christmas party, I'd be ticked. But if you're 17 and you're, a, you're an athlete and you're doing all your little living your best life, they love this. Also, and a lot of young people work at a smoothie king. So yeah, uh-huh. they thought it was great. I would have been horrified. Yeah, so I could see my son doing that. But I totally, um, I'm totally not sure if I could do that. So I would do like yoga with beer. Right? I think I said that last week. That's how I got onto yoga. But um Oh, hey, so Virginia is watching us on Instagram right now. So, hi, Virginia. Hope you're doing well. I don't know where you are in this big world of ours, but hopefully it's somewhere fabulous and you're not uh, sitting here in a rainstorm or God forbid snow today. Um, so thank Absolutely. You and Instagram is one of our new platforms this week, so we're excited that somebody is tuning in. Yay. Hey, you know what else you said is to talk about uh, telling impactful stories. Mm-hmm. Um, great brands, this is the tagline, I'll take it as a tagline, part of that, that particular paragraph anyway, is that great brands can't fake authenticity. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what, it goes back to what you were talking about. You can tell if there's sincerity when you walk in the door, if they're generally, genuinely happy to see you or if it's just a forced yeah. communication, you know. And the one funny thing is he also had on here to provide a career map. And mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about that is when you think about like, I worked at a frozen yogurt shop, right, right, when I was in high school, and so that was fully, like, the teenager job. But there were a couple people who were young adults that also worked there, right, and their job was, of course, to be our manager and make sure we showed mm-hmm. up and, you know, weren't giving away free ice cream and stuff or free yogurt. Um, but it makes you wonder. So if, if they have this younger uh, workforce, not all those kids are going to go away to college, Right. That's the thing. And Luke moved up. He worked there for, I think, the last two years of high school, and he was a shift leader at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got little raises, incremental raises over the course of the time. And when you're, this is your first job, those little raises make a big difference. Oh, and yeah. you feel valued. So if you're walking in the door for a job like that and you know that you have the potential, even if it's a 50 cent per hour raise or whatever it is, Yep. And then you could be a shift leader and you have some responsibility. Just that little title, um, I think, validates the work that they're doing. Oh, yeah. And that, that's his other point. One of his other six and almost final, but was reward dedication, right? Mm-hmm. So, and how little of an amount, right? You know, 25 cents here. Yep. You get a name badge, the shift leader, right? Like all yeah. of a sudden, you're like, oh my gosh, my boy. You're walking a little like, taller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My boyfriend, he's a shift leader over at Smoothie King. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and Luke was so bought in and invested that when he, he, he would train people and it talks about training too, audit training, make sure that you, you get feedback from the people that you're training. He would be so annoyed if they didn't do it right. Evidently smoothies are an art form 
And there are certain ways to do it and ways not to do it. And he had it down and he would be irritated. I'm like, Luke, you've got to give him a chance to get the hang of it. I mean, right, right, right. Well, no, he's no, so smart on them. He's like, but I like, showed them and they know, but he was invested and he was the kind of kid you wanted working there. That's awesome. Well, I want to give a shout out to um, their COO and president, Dan Harmon, for sharing that article. He wrote the article and they um, certainly published it in Fast Casual on fastcasual.com under their blog. So if you'd like to read more about what we're chatting about for Word on the Street this week, please join us there. And uh, that's all I have for Word on the Street. Have you got anything else? I mean, that was quite a bit today. Well, you know, since we are on Instagram and we have a viewer, go on and like our Instagram account. How about that? (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, hey, Henry. Henry's out there on Instagram, too. Hey, Henry. (laughs) Give us a like and a share. Yeah, yeah, a like, a share, and tell us where you are, like what's up in your world. Um, hopefully you're joining us because you're thinking about building a franchise, you like franchising, you're interested in franchising, and uh, hopefully we can give you the information that you're looking for today. So, all right, let's get us started. So today, Ray, are you going to join me today? I'm here. Uh, I'm just not on the screen. Here we go. Yay. <laughs> so... Last last show, we were talking all about giving back to the community, and we were talking uh, about domestic violence awareness and how uh, we give back and as far as uh, Molly made is concerned. And who we have with us today is Jim Petrovich, and he gives back to the community. And I'm going to quote what he said uh, on our webpage here. Jim believes that once you are able, you should give back to the community that supports you. As a franchisee of Great Cliffs since 1995, he has grown his business to 27 locations in the Chicagoland area. And Jim just told us that he has three more in the oven. Is that right? In the oven. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it was okay to let that information out, out of the bag here, Jim. How, how are you? I'm doing just true. I was going to say I was doing terrific, but actually I've been doing, I'm doing great. <laughs> All right. Well, I am so glad you used that word great in the great clip yes, section yes, today. Yes. I, I, some people might say they're super or they're, or they're fantastic, but I would never say that. <laughs> you have to say great and then go like this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I need, I need some services today. My hair is a hot mess. Jim, so exciting to have you on because I want to show my, and a lot of, lots of times on the show, you guys will see that I, I have this here, my McDonald's cup, right? Which is not on the franchise, but I, I loved this $5 like koozie cover. Sorry, it's not in the right spot. There it is. Oh, there it is. Okay, whatever. It's for the Ronald McDonald House charities. And Jim, you're like the champion of Ronald McDonald House, right? Well, we do think a lot of it. Um when we started out in 1995 in the Chicago market, it was that was when the market really opened for Great Clips, and a lot of people wondered, you know, what was Great Clips? Did we do dogs or did we sell? Did we rent videos back in those days? <laughs> what those things were, and it was a real struggle. And when most franchisees, a lot of people might have the perspective, you know, you start out as a franchisee and you just you just rake in all the money, and you just it's it's wonderful, but there's a lot of time invested in getting a business started and. It took us several years in the market here before we were really very profitable. And when we got to that point, we kind of just decided maybe it was time to kind of give back to the community a little bit. And that's when yeah. we got 
uh, we got involved with Ronald McDonald House. I think that's awesome. What made you choose that particular charity with so many out there that have needs? Why that one? Well, Great Cliffs didn't have a national charity at that point, so it was kind of up to us. And again, being in Chicago where McDonald's is, um, we thought that would be a natural tie-in. We wouldn't have to travel to go to talk to the people at headquarters. Um, and it was kind of very interesting because one of the things we found out is that Ronald McDonald House really while it's supported in some ways financially from McDonald's, it's totally separate. I mean, it is not something the franchisees at McDonald's donate money just like franchisees at Great Clips might. Um, so getting to know them, we, we, we looked at our business and said, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're a really nice looking salon, but we're not fancy. We're not, you know, we're not doing lots, lots of up to fancy services and color. We don't do those things. We do moms and dads and kids. Yeah. And we thought of what's what's a better tie-in than Ronald McDonald House? I mean, yeah. it's your your worst nightmare is you have to go to a Ronald McDonald House. Oh my gosh, kids are in big trouble. Yeah, um, but it's it's just a natural for us and for our customers um, to talk about a charity that's meaningful to families. I think that's so great because a couple, I guess it was two Augusts ago now, perhaps my son actually um, contracted a staph infection. And we spent two weeks um, in the children's hospital at Lurie's, actually. And there's a Ronald McDonald house up near that way. Right. And um, I was fortunate enough to only sleep on the couch in the hospital room. Um, but I was reading a lot about the Ronald McDonald house. And I thought, wow, you know, if, you, if people out there aren't um, informed of that charity, you can go online and see not only how you you are allowed to stay there or invited to stay, but some of these facilities are absolutely beautiful and it's all run by volunteers. You have volunteers that go in there that really know how to cook and they cook you these meals throughout the day. And I was really impressed. I really, and, and the stories, you know, people who go there, they have children that all the way up to age 21 that are extremely ill and they are in need of immediate medical care and are hospitalized at the time. So I think it's a great way to help keep families together so that they're not braided. Well, one of the things that they, they share with information is that the kids actually get better. Um, they recover faster when they're with not only just mom or dad, but siblings and everybody else. It's just, it makes it, it helps the kids get recover faster. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a big part of it. And then the other thing that's really part two is, Calling it a house is misleading. You think it's like your house or my house. It's much larger than that. Yeah. The one next to Lurie is the world's largest. When we built it, was the world's largest Ronald McDonald house. It's 15 stories tall, um, and you know it's got. Well, I don't. How, I can't. I, for, I think it's 86 rooms. I forget the number. Wow. Um, but it's it's just amazing, and the families are all there together. Yeah. Um, and that they associate in the meeting rooms and there's recreation areas for the kids to, for other the family members and everybody else. Um, and some of the kids are even there, they're doing outpatient stuff. So that right. the kids are actually at the house and the people can get together and it's, it's your, your worst nightmare is to be there, but you're not alone. You're we're there with other people who are in the same terrible circumstances and they understand and, and you can relate to those people. And it's, it's a really big deal to, to get that kind of moral and mental support. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, having a sick child is something that nobody ever wishes for and you don't wish it upon your worst enemy. So I think it's a really, a really great cause. 
I don't know, Ray, if there's anybody out by or any Ron McDonald homes out by you, but you know, the interesting thing I, I found online today is that, um, and I speak specifically to the Chicagoland area because that's the area uh, you're from, Jim, and, and certainly we are too, but um, they're doing um, all kinds of different fundraisers. So if somebody is out there, you're a small business, you're a franchise, you're looking to get into franchising your business and you want to have a way to give back. Um, obviously this month is all about franchising with a purpose and giving back to your communities. But the Ronald McDonald House website has a lot of different ways. You know, whether it's my $5 koozie that I buy to cover my IT with every day. So I can't get through it. There it is. Which is fantastic because it keeps my IT cool. It's not um, fantastic. It's great. Yeah. But they're doing like, they're doing a thing at Top Golf, right? Like how fun is that? They're doing a big fundraiser at Top Golf and they have all these different events. So it isn't just throwing your extra coin uh, in the little contraption at the cashier as you fly through the drive through every day. But it's going out and helping them support their their cause in many other ways. Um, I think that's awesome. So well, one of the other things that besides besides the houses is there's actually in a lot of the hospitals there are rooms in the hospitals where people can stay. Um, out by Raceway at Edward Hospital in Naperville, there's there's uh, there's a family room there, and there's actually a Ronald McDonald House in Winfield. So oh, that's I mean, right. I never knew that. The market. I never knew that. I, I did. I did see they have a the yeah they have a mobile unit now too right that goes to underserved communities. Mm-hmm. I read today. Yep, it was they they were doing physicals, um, things like that, dental health. You know where a lot of these community these areas where they just you know they talk about food deserts. It's the same way I think with with healthcare in a lot of these uh, uh, these communities. And you say oh it's it's all like in downtown Chicago. We've got some areas in uh, in the in the suburbs here that where there's not a lot of wealthy people either, and yeah. that, uh, that we could that it can it can be very helpful to have them come in there and uh, help the kids. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm so excited. So, have you found many other people who um, open a great clip and instead of doing the standard, want to kind of gravitate more to Ronald McDonald House? Or I'm the co-op president in Chicago, and we've been doing this since about 2000, um, and the whole market gets together. And one of the major things we do, um, when we first started working with Ronald doing this, we were, gonna, we, we were gonna give the customers a coupon and then have something that's kind of symbolized McDonald's, and we were gonna put it up in the salon for each customer to, the kids could color it or do something. So we were gonna do the Ronald McDonald's footprint. When we found all kinds of dealing with McDonald's, was like, you didn't wanna do that. So, we came up with have a heart, um, and we have a heart, and that little thing on the bottom where it, it can be cut off for the customer for a, a discount on their next haircuts. And they can make a make a donation um, to to us, and then obviously we pass it on to the charity. And there's a lot of other things. You know, you alluded to volunteers um, doing things at the houses, whether it's cooking food or things like that. And our people certainly do that. And anytime if you just one of the big things people, you know, we I don't know if it would work for a, for a, you guys talked a lot about Smoothie King, but there's a, they do a lot of in-kind donations. Yeah. Um, Coca-Cola is a big, big supporter of, of Ronald McDonald House. Mm-hmm. They, put a, they put a Coke machine and supply all the Coke for nothing. And they put it in the house. Um, and a good, a good fun story is when they first started doing this, they, the Cokes were all for free. And they found half-empty cans all over the house, and it was just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it made people pay a quarter. 
So then they drank their whole Coca-Cola. And, oh, isn't that funny? The quarter, the quarter stayed with the charity, though, so that was really important. Yeah, that is good. And, you know, I think I really like that idea about in-kind donations because um, I know here when we went to visit, to visit some of the women's shelters, you know, Chicago's a great metropolitan area like so many out there. And if you're, if you're going to do things with the charity as a small business, really take a look at the big corporations that are near you, right? So we've got, what is it, is it Vienna that's here? The, there was a bread company, and I forget. Please forgive me if I'm not saying your brand, but um, some of the bread companies had dropped off, not day old, but at the end of the day, right, they would drop off loads and loads of bread to the shelter. And there's so many great companies out there that are just looking for a way to donate. And sometimes they just need a phone call from a person like you or me to say, hey, we're doing this thing with this shelter or this charity. What do you have that can help out? Absolutely. When they when they build a house, there's 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 organizations that donate the bedding. They donate the beds themselves. I mean, it's 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 really it's really pretty amazing um, when you start looking at what in kind donations can mean. And the other thing I think you know you talked about that was so important is that it's not a it it's all depends on volunteers. Um, that, that you know some of these days at a Ronald McDonald House. When we started, I think they asked people to donate $35 per night you were there, but you didn't have to now. They asked for, asked for $50. And it's very common that the people don't have that. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. It's, yeah. it's a donation that they can make, and it's, it, it's free. Um, and so it, it, it's it's yeah. what people need in their most desperate hour, and I think that's what's important. Yeah, and, you know, I think the one thing, if you think about the whole pay it forward, right, I think a lot of times you may not be able to afford it today, but when you're back on your feet, right, when things are going well for you, you might then send in something to the charity that helped you, whether it be Ronald McDonald or what, you know, maybe it's the domestic violence shelter. Because sometimes people don't even know those charities exist until they need help from them. And while they're not able to donate a penny just then, down the road, they're forever grateful. And if it isn't monetarily, it, or monetary, it could be time, like you said. Now, I may not have a penny in my pocket, but if you need me to come and do the laundry at a Ronald McDonald's house, I can do that. So I think that's awesome that people look for new and different ways to volunteer and give back to the communities that we serve. And certainly as a small businessman with, well, how, I don't know how we consider ourselves small with 27 units, yeah. but we're still classified as that, right? Um, I think it's great. Sometimes I wonder. (laughs) Yeah, right? Exactly. Um, I think it's awesome that you've chosen to attach to a charity and and give back to the community. Right? So one of the things I want to talk about a little bit, maybe some of our listeners are thinking, what is this this all about? You know, uh, what do I get out of it? If I start a franchise, you know, somewhere, I open a franchise, what do I get out of it? What is this about giving back to the community? And I think the best way to describe it is besides what it sounds like that, that you are giving back you know, financially and with, with, in other ways back to the community. But in actuality, the, it's more than just how, how it makes you feel. When, when as I explained, I, I think that on our last show when I was talking to a potential client and I told her about uh, you know, mutual ground, uh, our local safe house, and she began to cry because she knows of people who are in that situation that need that kind of help. And when you see something like that, 
it, it, it really makes you see that how, how much it is worth it. And, and yes, you do get a lot out of it. And I, I, I'm pretty sure Jim will agree with that. You get a lot personally out of it, how it makes you feel that you, you are able to, you know, provide help to uh, people who ordinarily don't get it. Well, I, I think the, the most important part is, is it makes me, but what's even more than that is how our employees feel. Oh, yeah. We talk to these young millennials now about what are their values and what are things important to them. Usually, while, while money is always relevant, <laughs> that's not always mind. They want companies that they're proud to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, our people are very happy to talk to you. Know, it's interesting in the hair businesses, you know, we talk to our customers. <laughs> you know, so it's a lot. We're, you know, it's very, and we touch our customers in some very special ways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talk about Ronald McDonald House. And our people are, are proud of that, too, um, because the average hairstylist is, doesn't have tons of money. But here's how they can contribute. They, right. they, they cut hair at the, at, the, at the Ronald McDonald House golf outing. They'll, wow. they'll do charity haircuts at different places to raise money. This is how they can participate. And it gives them a warm feeling. It makes great clips, the place, the place to work. And that's, that's really important, especially in the, in the app that we have today. It's really important right. for our staff to feel good about where they work. Yeah. And, and for your clients, it's about brand loyalty, mm-hmm. right? And that's where when, when, you know, as Ray said, you know, people out there are thinking, what does this have to do with it? And does it feel good? Sure, it feels good. But at the end of the day, it's all about your brand. It's, it's bringing something bigger than the brand to the table. And it's really being a, being a good – a good example of something that we do do with the charity um, is we is they collect they collect pot tails um, and they raise about it sounds crazy but they they raise about forty thousand dollars a year by collecting pot tails <laughs> and that the great clips is a drop off place so which which is great so but it's it's a way our customers even participate because everybody's whether you're drinking a beer, I guess if yeah. you got a smoothie king, there's not a pop top on it. <laughs> if you're drinking your Coca-Cola or your lemonade, you probably have a pop. So that they drop them off. Their kids, their kids can participate. You know, they by, by saving pop tabs and dropping them off at great clips. So I mean, it's a way that we just feel like we're involved with the charity, and, and it's a two-way street. It is, I, I think Ray hit it on the head. Is that we just feel is that we're a part of this community, um, and Ronald McDonald House is. is is a part of that community. And every year when we're collecting our donations, one of our customers says, yeah, I, I stayed there. I stayed there. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. This is great. You guys are doing this. That's awesome. Jim, we want to thank you so much for your time today. How do people go about getting in touch with you if you want to learn more about your Great Clips locations, Great Clips in general, or about the Ronald McDonald House? Well, they can certainly email me. Um, it's, it's Jim, not James. It's Jim.Petrovich at greatsclips.net. Um, and I'd be very happy to share any information with anybody. I mean, I could give you a phone number if you would want to do that, but I don't know that that's what you're looking for. Well, you can certainly give it, and we're going to have all of your information also listed on our website. So if somebody okay. can't write it down right now because they're driving in the car or whatnot or they don't have a pen, that's okay because they'll have a backup. But why don't you go ahead and shoot it out to us so that with a Okay. Jim.Petrovich at greatsclips.net, and my cell phone number is 630-240-3526. If I can can get you to help with Ronald McDonald House, or if I can get you to 
get involved if it is a potential with great clips, we'd love to see you and help you. That's Thank awesome. You so much, Thank you so much for giving back to the community you serve. Absolutely. Yeah. Have a great day. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine.com. <laughs> yeah, what's your point? Can hear you. Kristen, are you muted? I did an Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking away about my head being in the mouth of an of a um, an alien and so on and so forth. Holy cow, David! I'm so glad you're here. Did you just enjoy the heck out of Ronald McDonald and Jim? Yeah, it was great. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I learned so much this morning in researching about Ronald McDonald and all the resources available to people with sick children. It was really really awesome. So great to see other people giving back. Always is. That's that's uh, what small businesses do, right? That's right. That's right. What have you got for us about small business today? Well, I'd to continue on this this uh, theme of people who are looking to get in their business and are opening up their own business and really kind of what it's going to take from all aspects. Last week we talked about you know reality versus fantasy, right? And, right. and reality reality truly is the foundation of of I guess your dream, right? I mean, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people owning their own business is their dream. So I don't, I don't mind using the word dream because that, that was our dream, getting the business for ourselves and, and everything that comes with it, you know, that we had pictured the, the freedom and the flexibility, you know, down the road after owning it. But so this today, I want to talk about passion. Ah, that's a good one. We even yeah. started that with uh, the Smoothie King talking about their belief in having passion for the brand and such. Yeah, because um, you know it's you know and somebody you have to ask yourself this because does your passion really compel you to to, to follow and accomplish your dream? Because without the passion, I, I'll be real candid. The only businesses I ever failed at wasn't that passionate about them. I started them because there was an opportunity. Or I wanted to kind of partner up with somebody else, help them in business. But it wasn't my passion. Right. And ultimately, if you don't have the passion, it's going to be hard to push through. It's going to be hard to push through when when the the things go against you. 
Well, and they start going against you right in the beginning, right? We talked uh, before, sometimes it's the funding that stops you right before you even get started. And uh, in the beginning, I mean, it's not unusual for you to feel like you're hitting the brakes every turn you take. Yeah, but if you really care about it, like if you're really excited about it, you're passionate about it, there's something that really excites you and pulls it. I mean, you don't have to be pushed, right? You jump out of bed, you're ready to go. That's right. You jump out of bed and all your, you go to bed thinking about what you're going to do. You get out of bed, you know, then your feet hit the floor going, I'm going to make this impact in this business, right? And that's passion. That's, right. that, it pulls you through it. And if you don't have it, then it becomes almost a job that you own. Right. Yep. Good point. So, you know, so I, I think, I think the key to it is passion helps you overcome adversity, right? Um, because, We've talked about this ad nauseum on the show. We're going to face it. Yep. And, and as an entrepreneur, you're going to face adversity yeah. somewhere along the line. And if you're not passionate, passion isn't pulling you through. And you're not, um, you know, if, if, like I said, if, if you're not willing, if that passion doesn't pull you that you're going to succeed at all costs, you, you, you're not going to have enough firepower to get through it. Sure. You know, Talking about passion, and, and because we let off with the Smoothie King thing today, um, the one thing I think is interesting is people may struggle a bit when looking for a franchise. You know, I know when we start, I'm passionate about my business, but not cleaning toilets. That's not the right. part that I'm passionate about, right? I'm passionate, and Ray laughs because we always talk about it. I never realized that I never cleaned a toilet in my life. It's, for me, it's beyond toilets, right? It's about helping people who can't help themselves, whether it's because they're un- incapable, whether it's they're physically challenged, whether it's they just don't have time, for a myriad of reasons. And so I think when people go, well, I, I, I want to buy a franchise, but I just don't know what I'm passionate about. You know, David talks about these passions. And so I think it's important for people to know that through the um, process, right, of buying a franchise, our job is to help people identify where they fit. And I think sometimes your your passion grows after you've made a decision, right? I think so. And I think it's, along with that, I think it's that belief, right? I mean, you believe so strongly in it when others may be doubting, right? Okay. And, and, and others may not go through the same process. They might not see the same vision that you're passionate about. So, you know, in our, in our situation, like, like you just said, Kristen, I remember, yes, we wanted to open up our business, and there's a sports bar and that type of thing. But what, we, what drove us with our passion was we used to sit there and think it's as if we were throwing a party every day, right? Because more people are going to come. You're going to lie for a new day, and, and everybody's going to have fun. So our passion was was to make sure that we ran that business where everyone from our, our employees, our team members, and anyone who walked into that door was was there to have a good time. Yeah. And yeah. and that's kind of what drove us in the beginning. It wasn't so much that I wanted to work 18, 16, 18 hours a day and you know mopping floors and and you know cooking chicken wings and you know cleaning the, and carrying kegs and those types of things. Right. I wasn't passionate about the task. I was passionate about what it was going to give us and what we were able to give with it. Yeah, and I think that's really a great point. And and so for people out there going, I still don't know what I want to, you know, I want to do something, but what is that something? 
that's why you want to work with people who have experience. You want to make sure that you go through all the due diligence when you're looking through a brand. You want to make sure that the franchise model you're looking at really has the right cultural fit for you um, in terms of, you know, is it a corporate button-down structure? Is it more of a family, laid-back, relaxing type structure? Because all of those things will help fuel that passion. And yeah. you should know, really, when you meet with um, – when you meet with the franchisor, it should click right away that you made the right decision or it doesn't. Don't you agree? Totally. Totally agree. I mean, it's going to give you the initiative. If you've got passion about this, it's going to give you the initiative um, to, to go explore and then everything you just said. But the key part of it after that is it's going to give you the greatest odds of success for your success because it's going to help you keep pushing forward. And as I said, it was easy for me to kind of close the door on and, and not pursue those businesses that I wasn't passionate about. It was easy to say, you know what, I'll write off the loss, boom, and move on. Right. The stuff that I've always been passionate, you you just kind of never give up, right? You're right. you're almost as as Ray has said in the past, you know, we're unreasonable sometimes of of, of how we approach things. We're unreasonable entrepreneurs because we're not going to quit. We're not going to give up because. And that's that passion, that's that inner drive, that's that desire. And I, I don't, I, maybe there's people who have succeeded without it. As I said, I haven't. The only things I've been successful is when I put my whole heart into it and, and went forward full bore. Other than that, it just weren't as successful or not as successful at all. I so, agree. Add that to the checklist for you uh, entrepreneur, franchisee, wannabes. Um, don't pursue anything you're not passionate about. And I, I, I think, you know, you, if you, if you do that, you got a better chance of protecting your investment. Absolutely. And if you don't know the brand, know the lifestyle looking for it. We can help you drill down Perfect. the brand. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, David, so much. We look forward to hearing from you again. As always, we appreciate all the hard work you do getting this information together to share with our audience. You got it. Take care. And you, you, once you find yourself passionate about it, you find yourself with a fire in the belly, as they say. You eat, drink, and sleep your business. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much to David Kajaran talking about passion. If you have a passion to start your own business, go to pillarsoffranchising.com and go to our Contact Us page and select I want to buy a franchise, and someone will reach out to you to help you through that process to discover what your untapped passion may be. Uh, next up, we have Jerry Akers talking about the difference in success rates between franchising and uh, small businesses. So stay tuned and uh, shoot us out some comments on whatever platform you're watching. Jerry! Kristen, how are you today? Oh, I wish I was where you are. It looks beautiful back there. It's raining, but other than that, it's gorgeous. The lake's right behind me, and, you know, lots of trees and greenery. It's very peaceful. You've been uh, a world traveler the last, like, 10 days or so. I never know where you are. Four weeks, Kristen, four weeks, and I had to come back here and recharge my battery. That's great. But it's, <laughs> but it's, it's excitement, right? Oh, well, David touched on it. You know, it's so much fun following him all the time. And Ray said something about fire in the belly. You know, we did a grand opening for our first, uh, the joint chiropractic clinic last week. And I was putting in 16, 18 hour days standing on my feet. And you talk about not wanting to clean the toilet and do some of the, I was doing everything to make sure that thing opened the way that I wanted it to open. I, 
I don't care if it's my job or not, but when David talks about having that passion and doing whatever it takes, that's what us entrepreneurs do. And so, you know, when we're talking to potential franchisees, we need to try and make sure if they're, you know, prepared to go through some of that kind of stuff because it was a long, hard week. It turned out really well. The grand opening is going wonderful. So uh, that's the payback. That's awesome. I always feel um, exhausted but energized kind of at the same time after you go through something like that. Right. Well, you know, and I want to talk a little bit, you know, I've been teasing this for two or three weeks now, uh, and we got a lot of this when we were in Washington, D.C. about a month ago. But uh, the International Franchise Organization, IFA, uh, paid for, and they paid a lot of money for this, uh, a first-of-its-kind survey uh, done by Oxford Economics, which is one of the leading business survey firms in the world. Uh And they surveyed, they got uh, responses from over 4,000 franchisees around the United States in all different brands. And the results, first off, were phenomenal. And second off, really verified what many of us have felt for a a long time, that franchising uh, is just a stronger model than starting your own business from scratch and on a lot of different levels. So I've got five things I want to talk about, Kristen, and I know how much you like to get involved. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about one of them, and I'm going to say <laughs> So the first key takeaway on this study for me was just phenomenal, and it was that, you know, it's something you think about, but you don't really know. But franchising is more diverse than the average consumer out there knows. When they think of franchising, they might think of, of uh, McDonald's or some of the fast food establishments. But the fact is that uh, – well, that's only about a quarter of the franchise systems that are out there. All the rest of them are things like Molly Maids and Great Clips and even the hotels you stay at, most of them yeah. are franchised. Now. So uh, most of the general public doesn't understand that part of it, Kristen. Well, that's so true because I remember when uh, I said I was buying a franchise, the first one was, what are you going to do, buy a McDonald's? I'm like, yeah. No, I don't have that much money. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in that, in that quadrant, in that, in that first fifth, uh, the majority of them are small franchisors. 48%, according to this study, have 25 locations or less, and many of them are regional. Wow. So, again, the, the breadth and depth of the franchising world is so much larger than most people realize. Well, that's interesting because when I was reading up on Caribou Coffee, that's exactly their strategy is to start in that area. And then I was looking at another franchise today in all of the states that require a franchisor to be uh, registered uh, with, and often there's a fee and, and some additional rules they have to follow, they've opted out of all those states. So I thought, well, that's interesting to see how franchisors do those things. So that would keep them, like you said, maybe 25 or less, very, you know, specific markets. Well, even to that point, Kristen, uh, many franchisors are looking requirements in different states. And even some of the very large national and international brands are choosing not to do business in some states because of the, uh, the, the, the complexity of doing it and the added issues. And frankly, they look at the success rate of their franchisees. That's where the rubber hits the road for everybody, right? Yeah, and absolutely. if there are particular states where it's more difficult to be successful, then the franchisors are probably going to opt out of those. Well, so, and I, 
I hope that your friends over there that joined you in D.C. are, are listening loud and clear to that. You know, I, I know my great state here could certainly listen up as it comes to taxes, right? The state of California could probably listen up since they're the least friendly and we're second least, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'm not here to pick on any states. I mean, this is business. When you're talking business, it's just facts and figures, right? Yep. And, yep. And, and with us, it's rules and regulations and taxes and those kinds of things. And all of that you know, comes down to the success rate of the franchisee and, frankly, the, the prices that they charge for their products and services because they've got to cover whatever those extra taxes and regulations might entail. So yeah. that's key. Now, the second category, uh, franchises offer better pay and more opportunity to employees than non-franchised businesses. And, you know, to many people, if they think about fast food and things like that, because you hear that in the uh, $15 an hour minimum wage arguments and that kind of stuff, that they're, they're not making enough money and so on. But when you look business for business, so if you looked at, you know, I hate to pick on fast food, but if you look at a fast food business that's franchised and a quasi-fast food business that's not franchised, the franchise version is going to pay more and they're going to give more opportunities. Uh, they're going to have theoretically, and here, uh, what is the number? I don't have it in front of me, but the vast majority of franchise systems offer paid sick leave and vacations and holiday pay and health insurance and a variety of other benefits. And many of their, many of their sister companies, ones that start out from the ground up, don't offer those things, Kristen. Yeah. And you know what? And they give back to the community. Oh, that's number five. Don't get ahead of me, Kristen. Oh, is it? <laughs> Just following Jim's lead and the theme of the month, and I actually guessed one. Oh, well, we'll leave it at that. Go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> so on that subject, though, I want to give you some statistics on the on the uh, added benefits and so on. Uh, somewhere between, so franchise firms pay between 2.2 and 3.4% higher wages across the board. 65% of the franchise workers across the United States have health insurance, and a greater proportion are amongst uh, are amongst those franchise versions as opposed to uh, non-franchise. And three quarters, 76%, are offered vacation, holiday, and paid sick leave. So there's a pretty broad difference there, Kristen. There sure is, and it's interesting as people are looking to um, choose different careers and make different corporate moves to share that information because I think a lot of people feel like if you go to work for a small business, you're going to give up your benefits. And that's not necessarily true. Well, actually in my, uh, in my second business, we were t- talking to vendors about health insurance and 401k today. Mm-hmm. And when we talked about the levels that we wanted to have for our employees, they were surprised because it was substantially higher than what some of the non-franchise businesses that they deal with every day were offering. So, even in uh, the great state of Iowa and Nebraska, we've got that going on. Well, the good news is we don't answer to shareholders. No, no. I just have to answer to my wife, Kristen. <laughs> but we know she's a great gal. <laughs> she is. Um, Shout out to Nikki. So <laughs> here's number three, and this one is where we all fit in. Franchising is completely entrepreneurial. You've got to have the fire in the belly. You've got to have the desire. You've got to do it right to make it happen. Uh, 32% of the respondents, now remember, we had over 4,000, 32% said that it was unlikely they would have ever started their own business if it wasn't for franchising. So I'm one of those. This is a, yes, this is a way to get into the business. And when you look at it on a macro scale, on a global type scale, that equals 
get this, these are big numbers. That 32% equals 60,000 businesses in the United States. So that would be 60,000 less businesses we would have, equating to 223,000 less establishments, which equals 1.8 million jobs that wow. we wouldn't have if it wasn't for the opportunity of franchising. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Numbers. Good numbers. Sometimes it's amazing to see the, the large scale, the kind of the yeah. global scale of what franchising can do. And, you know, people who have a negative or a kind of a medium thought process about franchising, those are the kinds of things that should take them over the top because we're such a big driver of, of uh, jobs and, and those jobs come with, as you just heard, better benefits and pay than like jobs in other businesses. So it's phenomenal. But the fourth one might surprise people the most. And this one I really get excited about. Franchising expands opportunities for women and people of color far beyond what the average uh, non-franchise business would do. Uh, around 26% of franchise businesses are, are owned by people of color compared to 17% of independents. That's a huge difference. I and think that's amazing. I think that goes back to the previous subject about how much easier it is for people to get into a business with franchising as opposed to starting your own business. And right. uh, black-owned franchises earned about 2.2 times more than black-owned non-franchise businesses. Yeah, nice. Well, and you know, the thing is, when you go to a lender with a proven business model, right? And I think that's the big differential is that you're not going in and just saying, oh, I need money. This is my idea, right? You're going in and saying, listen, I'm going to do just like you know, 75 other people have done. I'm going to do just like 200 other people have done. And so you walk in with something that's proven and, and suddenly that gets you a step ahead. Well, yeah, in franchising, because of the general nature of the business, franchisors tend to have relationships with lending companies and vendors and those kinds of things, yep. which makes it easier for people, especially uh, minorities and women and so on, to find uh, access to capital and, and connections for resources, where if you start an, an independent business, you might have a great plan and it might potentially be a great business, but you don't have access to any of those things. So it just becomes much easier. And I, I just celebrate the fact that as a part of franchising, we're able to give those opportunities at such a great scale. Absolutely. Because it really franchising should be open to anyone. Right. It's, and number five, number five, Kristen comes back to your point and what we talked about <laughs> earlier, right? Franchising gives back. The fact is that because franchisees tend to have more than one location, they have more bandwidth, they tend to have more uh, excess revenue that they can use for uh, helping out nonprofits and those kinds of things. So they do. Uh, they basically support the local economy with over one-third of the franchises purchasing 25% of their things locally rather than through a, a national or international market. Yep. 65%. 65% of franchise businesses give back to, to nonprofits and local charities. That's, That's impressive. That is impressive. I didn't know yeah. that that was so high. Well, wait till it turns into dollars. Are you ready for these? Yeah. 
So the year before the pandemic struck, which is the last real year we've got to deal with for numbers, here's the numbers. Franchisees across the United States donated an estimated $1.5 billion with a B. Wow. Charity. They raised over $900 million more dollars through access to their uh, customer base, and they sponsored 18 million hours, 18 million hours of volunteer activity, all franchise businesses. That's awesome. You know what I really like about that is that oftentimes people come and work in a franchise who maybe have never been in a position where they could donate. Or it wasn't on their radar. Why would they donate? What would they donate? Who would they donate to, right? And then when you provide them a path, and even if it's not monetary, it's a path to volunteer, right? Right. It's, it's a path to give back. I mean, I know our girls when we were picking up supplies for the shelter and cleaning the shelter, right? They'd go out and they would clean the shelter, and they felt so good about that. You know, you talk to, to Jim and some of his people who now can talk about and be proud of the fact that they work for an organization that gives to the Ronald McDonald House Charities. I mean, it's all, I really just think it's about making us a better place, a better world, right? Anything small business can do to make it better is always awesome. Well, Kristen, when I worked in corporate America, if I wanted to be involved with a charity and, and I would go to my employer and I would ask for them to make a donation. And uh, that was great. I celebrate that. But how much better does it make me feel as a franchisee that I can just look within my own organization and say, we're going to support these groups, we're going to donate this much money a year, and then we reach out to our employees and say, we as, we as the uh, owner of this franchise are doing this, would you guys like to be involved? You know, we do, and here's just a short list of what our organization does. Uh, every fall, we do a cleanup campaign for, uh, for the elderly where uh, we'll have uh, 30 or 40 of our employees divide up into groups of four or five and go to homes of elderly people and clean their gutters and, and uh, rake leaves and things like that. Uh, when the uh, Muscular Dystrophy Association last did their telethon, we had an entire base, the entire telephone uh, community out there was staffed with our employees. And there's a long list of other things. There's some veterans things that we do and so on. And it's really good that you can get your staff involved in those kinds of things. That's where that 18 million hours comes from. It's franchisees getting the staff behind it. And my staff, we, we make special shirts for them. They're proud. They wear that shirt everywhere, showing that they were involved in that thing. And they, they brag about it on their social media platforms and everywhere that through their employer, they were able to give back. And that is, you know, that's good for us as employers, but it's great for them as staff employees. And, you know, it's funny because some people will say, oh, geez, you know, it, I was one in my first year, right? I wasn't making money, but I did it not only because I felt it was the right thing to do, but to, to what Ray said, it's a great way to get your marketing and your brand out there, too, because now you're, you're, you're involved in domestic violence or the Ronald McDonald House Charities or ALS, and guess what? Now you've got your brand next to their brand in a sponsorship, and all of a sudden that elevates your brand. So if you're a new business, you'd be foolish not to do something to get yourself out there. Well, Kristen, I know I've talked about it before, but I'll reiterate. When we were getting started in our business, we didn't have a lot of money for advertising, so that's exactly what we did. We would call the local nonprofits, and we'd say, if you're doing a walk or a run or some sort of fundraiser, 
We'll send some of our staff. In fact, early on, it was us. And we would go blow up balloons that say great clips and yep. hand them out to kids. We would have colored hairspray for them. <laughs> we, would do, we would have our mascot there to entertain them. And then we would get the coupons out. And we would see about 30% of those coupons come back the same day wow. to our our branches because when you give to a charity the people that are a part of that charity tend to give back to you so they yep. want to come and you know give some money to you and so that was a great great way for those people to show their appreciation and for us as a business out of that 30 percent almost 70 percent of them were new customers so they had never been there before so we were able to grow our customer base pretty quickly simply through tying on to some nonprofits. And we, we did it for the right reasons. We were giving back to the community, but we ended up getting a windfall out of it as well. I think that's awesome. Jerry, thank you so much. I mean, this is really it's the, the great thing about the information that you brought back from D.C. is not far off base what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, are we, were, were we there? I mean, you were there, but the rest of us weren't there. But it's nice to see that we're all in touch enough with the industry to know what's really going on have an idea of what the hot topics are, what the big guys, you know, in, in D.C. are talking about. And so, again, I just want to thank you. Um, and I'm guessing you're going to tell me, what about buying a franchise right now? Well, Kristen, right now, as you talk about, there's a lot of people leaving corporate America and looking for something to, to do with their time, whatever their next career is going to be. And franchising is the place to go. That's it. I would argue there is no better place to go than franchising. Right now, there's a lot of opportunities. There's money available. If you've got some expertise, not necessarily in the specifics of what you're going to buy, but just in the business world in general, this is, this is the way to go. I would argue everybody who's looking for an opportunity should look at franchising right now. Awesome. Jerry, thank you so much. We can't wait to hear what you have for us next week. As always, such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks, Jerry. Hi. You're on mute again. Luckily, you can't hear me curse when I do that. <laughs> if only I could read lips better. <laughs> I know, but I was saying another great show, Kristen. Lots of great information. I have enjoyed our theme of franchising gifts back. Oh, I love um, it. It's it's such a it's a good it makes you feel good about what you're doing. And next week we've got Emily Vanny on who's going to come talk about the ALS support that Jerry's like great clips locations do with with that group and and uh up in Iowa, and uh, she's got a great story in the magazine, so if you haven't seen that, check it out. Um, awesome. So the, the giving back continues. That's great. And, you know, again, you know, David talked about passion, and sometimes getting into a small business, getting into a franchise, it's, it's the, the mix of the two, right? Being your own boss, making your own life, and being able to do what you want to do. You choose yeah. where you give back. You choose what to do with your money based on what's important to you, right? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think you get to a certain point or a level of success in life or, or experience that you don't want to work for somebody else, you know? Yeah. It becomes yeah. harder and harder the better you get at what you do. Yeah. So I think franchising offers a great opportunity for that those who are feeling those things um, yet still want to be a part of some kind of a system. Awesome. Well, thank you. Nice for, job, uh, everybody. Have a great day. Oh, thank you, Jim. Jim Petrovich. I was going to say thank you to Jim thank for joining us. Nice job, Jerry. Yeah. Jim, you too. <laughs> we 
we appreciate having you on here today. We know he's super busy with great clips and Ronald McDonald House Charities. And Somet- again, sometime always- Jerry and I will do it together. We'll tag team with you guys. Oh, I yeah. think that'd be awesome. We, hey, just think, we, uh, Kristen, we don't have to work. Yeah, I was going to say I can take the day off. It'll be Good the Jim and, Jerry, Jim and Jerry show. Yeah. Take care, Thank everybody. You. Have a great week. You too, honey. Thank you. Bye. And a big thanks again to David Kajanek, Ray Pillar, Jerry Akers, as always Elizabeth Denham, and our evil skippy behind the scenes, Fred McMurray. And please be sure to join us next week again uh, for Political Franchising on Thursday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we'd like to, uh, again, wish you all a wonderful week. Happy Friday Eve. And this has been Political Franchising. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.